Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over 200 different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. I am so glad you are here. Today's solo podcast episode, I am kicking off what I'm calling the Summer Slowdown Series. I feel like summer, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, is this like go, 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 go energy. We have so much sunshine where the sun doesn't set way past 9 p.m. It's light out until 10 p.m. We are starved for sunlight most of the year. And so during these beautiful weather months, we are outside playing nonstop, really trying to juice the life out of summer, juice the vitamin D out of the sun, juice the vitamin G, the green out of all of the luscious trees and nature that is around us. And I know this type of go-go energy is not just present in the Pacific Northwest. It is something that is experienced all over the world. New York City summers, for instance, are typically super hot and muggy, but the city energy does not stop during the heat. It is still a go-go city where there's so much happening and a lot of people even leave the cities to head to their country homes or head to vacation places or the beaches to have some more of that outdoor space to play. In the Midwest, Michigan summers are also super hot and muggy and I remember having to kind of balance what I chose to say yes to because of the weather. And you would make plans depending on the time of day so that you weren't out in the hot, muggy air and structured some time more around playing in the evenings when things were cooler. The summer energy brings out this desire to play, to travel, to be out and about as much as possible. However, just because... The weather is beckoning us to be out playing or that schooled out for the summer vibe is tantalizing you to get wild and tap into your teenager rambunctious self. Whatever it might be, I notice for me that there's this balance because if I go so big, so hard, so fast and squeeze every moment, what has happened in the past is September hits and I feel 
flat and dead. My energy is completely drained. People here in the Pacific Northwest typically love that because it matches the weather. When the weather starts to turn in October and get a little bit more gray and rainy, it's an invitation to go inwards to get cozy, to not make as many plans. But for me, I just notice like I want to be balancing my energy a little bit more intentionally. I don't necessarily want to quote unquote blow my load all summer. It's like I want to find a way that feels really balanced and nourishing. Today on the podcast, I'm going to share with you a mindset that I am personally practicing this summer. Hopefully it feels inspiring to either practice it yourself or find your own rhythm that feels best for you. So let's settle in and let's get centered. It's no secret that as busy modern day professionals, we fall into the trap of the productivity myth. We feel this, and I say we because I'm talking about a collective here, but there's this general sense that we tie our sense of worth to our productivity, to what we are creating. And Oliver Berkman, who is the writer of 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals, talks about this efficiency trap that we all experience. That essentially there's this desire for us to be efficient and we've been trained to be efficient thanks to technology, thanks to marketing and advertisement. There's belief that efficiency is better and that the more I do and the faster I do it, the more efficient I am and then the more time I'll have to get to the other things on my to-do list. However, what Oliver Berkman talks about in this efficiency trap is that there will always be more emails, right? Once you get to inbox zero, you're going to get another email or once you do all of the laundry, laundry is going to continue to pile up. And there's this idea and this pressure that we put on ourselves to do as much as we can, as fast as we can. I love how Berkman says, the day will never arrive when you finally have everything under control. When the flood of emails have been contained, when your to-do list has stopped getting longer, when your meetings and all of your obligations at work and in your home life when nobody's angry with you for missing a deadline or dropping the ball, and when the full optimized person you've become can turn at long last to the things life really supposed to be about. None of this is ever going to happen. It's like, let's pause here and turn into yourself. And what comes up for you when you hear that? For me, it's a realization that, oh, yeah, we're all humans. We're not computers. We're not artificial intelligence. We're not these technology microchips. We are humans with a body, with a heart, with a soul that can breathe and move and be in this world. May I release the pressure I put on myself to be this efficient. And if I can do that, like, oh my God, I feel this sense of freedom, this freedom to be, this freedom to breathe, this freedom to just enjoy the air on my face, the sip of my coffee. 
And maybe for some of you who are listening to that quote, you feel a sense of panic or anxiety because if you stop or slow down, you notice maybe you'll fall behind or maybe capitalism will eat you up or maybe you won't be able to afford your bills or wherever the mind might start to spiral. So with this concept of being mindful of this efficiency trap, this idea that we put pressure on ourselves to be super efficient and juice every moment out of every day, which Berkman emphasizes doesn't always make us the happiest. Sometimes there are pervasive effects like making us feel busier or making us feel rushed or more stressed or we end up doing things that we don't really care about. This summer, I am playing with letting go of plan making. And as I say this, this is really challenging for me. And I, to be fully transparent, which is one of my huge values, I haven't been able to do it fully yet, but I'm working on it. So I don't need to go from 100% plan making to 0% plan making. That extreme can be a little bit too much for my system. So I'm really taking it down a notch and a notch for me, for my own plan making instincts. For the past 10 years or so, I feel like summers have been full of weddings and a lot of obligations. And I'm finding the summer to be more spacious. And I noticed about a month ago when looking at the summer and not having many plans on the calendar, it started to feel panicky. I was like, oh. I need to start planning things and talking to my husband about camping trips we wanted to block off the weekends or plans we wanted to make or concerts we wanted to attend. Something I realized was that life was feeling overwhelming. We were managing a lot of things personally, professionally, that making summer plans just felt too much. It felt too overwhelming. So it got put to the back burner. And as we start to step into summer, literally and figuratively, as days unfold, there's a part of me that's like, oh my God, I'm missing summer because I'm not planning things. But that is actually the opposite of what's happening. As each day arrives and I feel more spaciousness on my calendar, there's an opportunity for me to check in and let my intuition help guide versus the feeling of needing to have everything already organized and planned. Because what we know is that if we hold our plans too tight, they're going to bust open. Like the pandemic taught all of us that, right? We had this expectation of how plans were going to unfold through 2020 and life took another turn. So for me, I'm really trying to balance and let go of this need to have things super scheduled because let's face it, having a need to plan things, over plan things really comes from a need of control, which I have. And that need comes from an instinctual place of security and safety. My nervous system has been trained over decades that if I plan that I can have and establish some sense of safety and control of the situation. 
And that's a patterning that I'm working to untangle from. And so part of that practice is really letting go of these summer plans, letting go of needing to feel like I'm making the productive use out of the summer energy and allowing myself to be more present. Some of the gifts of being more present is that I let my intuition lead. I'm more spontaneous. I'd say there's less perfectionism. Like I'm more flexible and in the flow. And with that, there's also this playful energy of good enough. You know, I don't have as many expectations or I haven't tried to white knuckle the moment. Just because I'm not making plans ahead of time doesn't mean I'm not committing to plans when they arrive. You know, if we get invited to a barbecue or we have this idea to go biking to the outdoor pool or if we want to go play tennis or deciding to sign up for a class. It's not about saying no to like all activities. Instead, I'm letting myself meet each moment and decision point as it arises instead of proactively trying to fill my time and attention with things. I think part of our fears of not planning, and again, this is in a general sense, this is a pattern I see within my coaching clients, this is sometimes patterns I see with myself or my friends, but sometimes there's this fear that if we don't plan, we're going to be left alone. And if we're left alone, maybe feelings of loneliness arise or the fear of loneliness arise, which again might trigger some childhood inner abandonment feelings or some other memories of trauma that might arise to that little inner person. There also might be this feeling of fear of missing out, right? FOMO, like if I don't plan or if I don't say yes to everything that I'm going to experience FOMO and that fear of missing out feels really unpleasant. And again, another fear is if I don't juice all of the moments of life to the fullest capacity that's even possible, Am I living to my fullest potential? Am I making the most of life? And that sense of pressure just can be so intense and overwhelming. I want to circle back to FOMO for a moment. If you've been following my work for a while, you might have heard me say before that I like to turn FOMO, this fear of missing out, into MOFO, being mindful of future opportunities. And essentially this practice can be really powerful because when we recognize this fear of missing out creeps in, it can feel very much like a eek, like I'm not doing enough or I'm going to be left out. And instead of staying in those stories where we feel helpless, where we feel a sense of life is happening to us, this victim mentality, when we turn it into MOFO, being mindful of future opportunities, we start to recognize that we have more choice. We recognize that we are at choice, that we have opportunities in the present and in the future, that there are more opportunities to connect with those people that we might not be able to connect to by saying no or not attending that barbecue 
And at the same time, we get to be mindful of our future opportunities, recognize that actually we're saying no to that barbecue so that we can say yes to some solo relaxation time or say yes to whatever matters most at that decision choice point. Now, what happens here, it gets really sticky and I want to just call it out and know that going down this rabbit hole is bringing us to a whole other topic and theme that I've covered on the podcast and probably will continue to cover in the podcast, but around just decision making and this need for making the perfect decisions or how do I make decisions because in those moments we think, well, what feels good to me now versus what would my future self be happy I said yes to? And then we can get into a whole spiral analysis paralysis position. So I'm going to link in the show notes two episodes that explore these topics around analysis paralysis as well as perfectionism. And I'm sure I will be doing another podcast if you are interested in it more on a strategy to make decisions. And I'll link a latest blog post that I just shared around this. Another fear that I want to share and out into the public that I notice with myself and know that you are not alone if you experience this as well, but this fear of being bored, right? There's a desire to know that I have plans so that I can be entertained and that I won't be bored. Boredom is painful. Learning how to be with boredom is such a mindfulness practice something I sat with a lot on my month-long silent meditation retreat that helped me really feel boredom in a whole new level and how uncomfortable it is. So for instance, my husband's going out of town for an extended period of time this summer and immediately I noticed my body start to clench, my nervous system got a little activated I went into a hyper-aroused state where I was feeling a little fight-or-flight energy, like fearful and kind of starting to be hyper-vigilant, scanning in my head of, oh my God, I need to start making plans so I'm not alone and I'm not bored. And I started to notice this occurring inside of my body and my mind. And so when that started to happen, I paused And I put my hand on my heart and I said, I see you, girlfriend. I see you getting activated and nervous about being alone. All will be all right. All will be okay. And that helped calm me down in the moment. And then a few weeks later, I noticed I started to look on calendars of like social calendars, what concerts are happening, what tickets are on sale thinking I needed to fill that weekend with something really fun. Like, I'm going to be alone for that weekend. I want to take advantage. And it's going to be the best weekend ever. And I'm going to make my husband jealous that he's out of town, right? All these silly fucking thoughts go through my head. And I started to recognize that. And even though it was fun to explore what's happening culturally, locally, and get involved because I've missed that over the last few years, paying attention to the energy of where that wanting was coming from was essential. Like it was coming from a survival place, not really a want to place. And so I paused. I didn't buy anything. I didn't get trigger happy. And instead, again, I met myself. I met that 
inner nervous system part of me that was getting activated and sent her a lot of love. And this is part for me, my learning and a lot of the work that I do with my clients is work that I've done with myself and continue to do for myself because again, it's a lifelong practice to regulate our minds, our nervous systems, our emotions. And so noticing this trigger of being alone, fear of being bored, what was created and stirred inside of me. Now I also want to highlight there's nothing wrong in noticing that you get anxious around a certain topic or theme in your life and proactively strategizing some helpful ways to be with that anxiety. So for instance, it's not wrong or bad if I did buy any tickets or make any plans with anybody to help calm that anxiety. But I think learning for us as a culture, learning how to be with our discomfort is so important. And then learning how to choose how we are creating solutions for ourselves, that it's coming from a want to an intentional place versus a reactive place of fear is really important in how we're creating and strengthening our patterning, our inner patterning. And the more that we can make conscious, aligned choices for ourselves, the happier and healthier we will be, the more ease we will have in life, the more confidence we will show up with instead of choosing from a reactionary or fearful place continues to feed this pattern of fear and nervous system dysregulation. I have yet to make plans for that extended period of time that my husband is gone and I am managing that unease by again offering myself a lot of compassion, speaking to that part of me that is getting activated, that's getting nervous or anxious and also trusting that plans will unfold how they're supposed to. And it's okay if there are nights or days that I don't have plans. I can tune into myself and decide what feels good in the moment. Hey, do I want to take myself out to dinner? Or do I want to bring myself on a long walk? Or do I want to reach out to a friend and see if they spontaneously want to connect? I know it's hard in our North American culture because we're so scheduled to have spontaneous interactions with friends typically, but it is possible. So I welcome you to try it. I've been practicing trying it. Again, I've been practicing letting go of needing to plan and over plan, and it has created so much freedom and ease within my own system. And it's allowed the sense of curiosity to unfold like huh what feels good to do right now I notice I go to sleep at night with this feeling that the day was enough that it wasn't part of this cyclical cycle of I didn't do enough I didn't cross off enough on my to-do list I'm not worthy but it's just recognizing great the day unfolded the day was done and here I am falling asleep and will wake up hopefully to this next moment. Thanks so much for listening to my solo episode.
I hope you gained some insights or a new perspective on how you might want to slow down this summer. And if you're curious to play along with me in toning down the overscheduling, the overplanning, and trying to live more in the present moment and embrace these spontaneous plans and leaning into intuition to guide you, I welcome you to join me. Share with me what comes up for you. I'll link in the show notes a contact form that you can reach out and share what's coming up for you, what you're noticing, what you're practicing. Let us keep inspiring each other. You can also DM me on Instagram at OneWade and let's continue the conversation. Until next time, stay centered.